Welcome to the Double Technical Podcast, everyone. This is your host, Lucas Fryman. I hope everyone is having a fantastic Friday. And I am joined, of course, by our co-host. He's not a guest anymore. I got to stop calling y'all guests. You are a co-host. Your face is on the thing everyone sees. Michael McCarty, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me. Uh, Always. So... Not a lot to talk about today because, you know, the sports have kind of narrowed down right now. Because it's summer, yeah. (laughs) So, you know, this won't be too long of an episode, but it'll still have great content because we have Michael here and he's the content machine. So, we're going to start with one local segment, (laughs) and that is brought to you by SeatGeek. Go to SeatGeek.com or download the SeatGeek app and use code DOUBLETECHNICAL for $20 off your first ticket purchase. People have been using that. Keep using it. Get yourself some Reds tickets. Go to an FC Cincinnati game. Uh, That's really it. (laughs) So do something local and uh, save yourself $20. Uh, All right. The one thing I want to talk about with Kentucky, we talked about it briefly last week. Um, Gunnar Hoke officially transferred and I just <laughs> really put this in here cause I just wanted to hear your reaction. He transferred to none other than the Ohio state university. What were your thoughts on that, sir? Okay. So I am actually going to 180 from last time and I'm going to try to be mature about this. Whoa. I know. Right. First for everything. <laughs> I thought about it and the Ohio State University, I want to make sure I say it right so I don't offend any of their stupid fans. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, uh, that was Gunner Hoke's dream school growing up. Mm. I mean, that was where he wanted to grow up and play. So I kind of get it. He's going to be a backup here. He's going to be a backup there. Why not go to your dream school for your final two years? Well, he may not even really be the backup because the person that was supposed to be the starter transferred. Uh no, they got one more. Oh, do they have one more? Okay. Yeah, they're uh yeah, the guy that transferred, I think, was gonna be their backup. Oh, okay. So he's filling that spot. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Wow. How how dare you take this to the mature route? I I was so I know. ready for, you know, just the taunting. <laughs> no, but I, I will say though, that I mean Kentucky is hurting because we do not have a backup quarterback ready at this point. And and with all the commitments Kentucky's gotten recently in football, we've got all the momentum. But if something were to happen, I mean, you know, football injuries happen. If Gunner were to have a lot of success at Ohio State, I think that would be a big slap in the face. Mm-hmm. That would hurt. <sighs> yeah, I mean, it's one of the things you want them to go off to succeed, but then you really don't because then you're like, could that have potentially been here? Because that is the yeah. biggest what if. But, I mean, I'd like him to succeed, just not to, like, national champion quarterback <laughs> level. You don't want him seeing holding up the championship trophy in two years. Um, right. Which I would hope he wouldn't either. I would rather see that being uh, UK or Michigan um, since I or am. Or UK. I know, I know. <laughs> Local segment, <laughs> Lucas, only UK. Don't don't show your inner bias. Um, all right. So. I just, I was upset that it was Ohio State. I was like, it couldn't have been any other school. That that sucks. But, you know, hey, if he wants to be one of them, then (laughs) Then go go be the Ohio State University Buckeye. 
Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure he's already since he committed, like turned his nose up to everybody. But <laughs> you know, it's his dream. Who am I to Who am I to poop on that? I, I guess. But that's the whole premise of uh, podcasts is to poop yeah. on whatever it's you. Not want. his fault. <laughs> it's not his fault. His dreams are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's more appropriate. That's what that was the All Michael right. I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that concludes today's local segment. Uh, again, it was brought to you by SeatGeek. Go to SeatGeek.com or download the SeatGeek app and use code Double Technical for $20 off your first ticket purchase in case you forgot in the past three minutes. Um, now, the the big thing going on right now, the, really the only thing going on, um, is NBA basketball. It has been very, very interesting, and there's some things that I can't wait to discuss. But first... Uh, since we last spoke, I just kind of want to go real quick through the series that we have. Um, if I could remember. Um, so we got, <laughs> we got Golden State and Houston. Yes, we, which that one I, I did remember because we're going to talk about a lot about that one. So I don't want to yeah. dive too deep into that one currently. Um, what are your thoughts so far on the Denver-Portland? Um, they are tied 1-1. Um, I obviously picked Denver very early on to go to the conference finals. Um, what are your thoughts about the series and who do you think now that they've split the first two in Denver, who has the better hand going forward? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I would say that obviously favors Portland. Um, I, I mean, I hope for selfish reasons, Denver wins, <laughs> but that, that one, you know, not to be, one of those people and not pick a side here, but that's really a coin flip. I agree. Uh, I think like, the... I feel like the rest of them, I kind of know what's going to happen. That one. I'm not sure. Well, I think the biggest, what if right now is what Denver are you going to get? Yeah. Like they, I don't know if anybody saw this stat, but last night, well, so, sorry not to give away, but this we're filming or recording this Thursday night. So Wednesday night, um, they out-rebounded them offensively, okay? The Denver Nuggets out-rebounded Portland. They had 18 offensive rebounds to two offensive rebounds in the fourth quarter and still lost. Like, it's because when their shooting is off, they're just so bad. Yeah. They rely on that sh- uh, the three-point um, to bail them out every once in a while. With Portland being so good at the three, they can't catch up. And Jamal... This is kind of where I wanted to take things. He was hurt pretty yeah. bad. And I don't think Denver stands a chance without Jamal expanding the floor because they really don't have any other three-point shooters. Oh, no, that's fair completely. You know, Murray is a key part, and I really want him to go far. And he also has Vanderbilt sitting on the bench. Yeah, there's somebody else too, isn't there? From UK? Yeah. Um... Is is it that where Trey Lyles is now? Yes, it is. Uh, he yeah. also rides the bench. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All all of these. Uh, did you ever listen to the first episode of this podcast? I did. It's been a while. I can't. It was when I forgot who Trey Lyles was. It was very embarrassing. Oh yeah, yeah. It uh it took me <laughs> Google searching and yes. studying to finally figure it out. Um. <laughs> It's so it's so bad, but anyways, that series is definitely going to be interesting. If if you were you know 
if you had to pick one, who are you going to pick? Portland. Is it because of Lillard? Yeah, it's because of Lillard and because, you know, I don't know. I just, I love Murray. I don't think Murray's there yet. I don't think he's ready to lead a team to the conference finals. I can agree to that. He, I, I think he's, I think he's a year away. This, yeah, this is the year he needs a kind of weird way to say it, but he needs this loss for his career. If you know what I mean? Like yeah, him and Jokic, this is the first time they've really even made it to the point where they're expected to do something. So, yeah. you know, getting that chip on their shoulder, I think will help them be even more motivated next season. Plus they might have Vanderbilt playing and, uh, Michael Porter jr. Uh, th- so they could e- be an even better team. Oh yeah, absolutely. So next I'm going to flip it to the East. They are currently playing right now. So I'm, I apologize if this is not accurate, but I'm going to assume since they're almost up by 20, uh, the 76ers are pro- probably won last night. <laughs> um, so they would be leading the series two to one over the Raptors. What are your thoughts on that series uh, so far and going forward? I, I love watching these two teams play. Um, I still think the Raptors win it, though. Really? Yeah. I, I know, and it doesn't help that I made notes for this when the series was still tied one-to-one. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just, yeah, I think the... I just cannot completely buy into Philadelphia. Like the more I watch them, the less convinced I am of their greatness as much as they've just got flashes of it. Yeah. Philadelphia. It kind of reminds me of Chris Paul when he was on the Clippers, like no matter how good they looked, you knew they were going to come up short. And I, <laughs> I get that. I get that feeling with the seven man, Chris Paul makes one comment about Wade, and you never forgive him for anything. <laughs> Wait, what? Did he never, when did he make a comment about Wade? Didn't he make a comment a couple weeks ago about Wade? No, that was Paul Pierce. Oh, Paul Pierce. Yeah, yeah. Paul right. Pierce is an idiot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. Let's let's not even mention his name on this podcast. He he's dumb. <laughs> um, he is not the truth. He is lies all the time. Um, so. <sighs> My thing is, is Kawhi in the series has played really well. Um, yeah. But do you think he's going to get enough help from all the other pieces? I, that's where I struggle with this series. I want to choose the Raptors, but I don't feel like Kawhi will get enough help because that, except for Kawhi, that entire Raptors team was supposed to destroy the East last year and fell flat on their face. Yeah, except like unless I'm remembering this wrong, didn't didn't Kawhi have like a huge run in a Spurs title run though? Wasn't he like a huge piece? He so the the title that they won in 2014 over my Miami Heat. Thanks for bringing it up. Um, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> was it? He did not have a great run. He only averaged 14 points a game. Okay. He just he was the finals MVP because he was averaging close to twenty, um, and was playing maybe amazing that's what I'm remembering. Defense. I just have a memory of him like putting the Spurs on his back and carrying. No, what it what it really was is he limited LeBron, 
And because he held up LeBron, everyone else did their part, you know, as far as Ginobili, Parker, uh, Duncan, and Miami just didn't have enough pieces to fight back. Okay. Gotcha. Um, but with that being said, he is averaging, uh, I think the stat is 32.8 points a game right now in the playoffs. Like, yeah, that's not bad. No, I, I, <laughs> I, I mean, it, it could yeah, be better. Okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and he looked, he, I mean, I, I just watched first half and he was looking pretty good there too. I mean, I know they're down, but his mid range game. Yeah, I just I don't know what it is about Philly. It it could just be JJ Redick. I might just hate <laughs> him still because he plays Duke. But like I just I see all the pieces. Quite frankly, I see all the pieces for a title team there. Mm-hmm. There's just something about the way they play that makes me uneasy. It's Philly. I, I really can't figure out what it is. I it's just. <laughs> I think it's just the fact that it's Philly and we become adjusted to ever since AI left that they're the laughing stock. And I don't think that that can get out of our head, you know, and that might be it. I might not have like trust in the brand yet. (laughs) You don't trust the process. (laughs) How dare you? All right. Yeah. So you're going, you're going to stick with the Raptors. I agree with you. I think that they'll find a way. Um, And if they don't, then the 76ers, may have a shot at the NBA finals, which is crazy to think. Uh, yeah. Um, now let's go to the other uh, series in the East because I'm saving that particular one in the West for last. Um, <laughs> the, uh, wow, blank, uh, the, the Bucks, Milwaukee, Boston. Y- yeah. And the Celtics, they are tied 1-1. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo had an ent- awful first game. Um, but yeah. rebounded in the second game. They play tonight. Um, it'll be the first game in Boston. What are your thoughts on that series? I I expect Boston to win another game, but I think that's it. I think Milwaukee, after their bad first game, I think they're going to run away with this one a little bit. I just don't think Boston has the pieces to keep up. D- did you just hear what you said? Yeah, Boston doesn't have the pieces to keep up it, with Kyrie Irving, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward, Al Horford, Marcus Smart, uh, Terry Rozier. Like they should have all the pieces, but I'm with you. They just they don't work together. Well, because yeah, no, they really don't. And I think like the big news out of Game One was like, okay, Boston's got somebody that can shut the geek freak down. I mean, this is gonna be trouble. Did you call him the geek freak? Freak, freak. I don't know. Maybe I said it wrong, but you knew who I meant. I only um, say that because was, my that my wife calls him the geek freak sometimes, forgetting that that's it's Greek funny. Freak. I'm so yeah. I'm so like intimidated by his name that you know it doesn't matter. I'm, I'll just pronounce it wrong anyway. Giannis um, and Takumbo. Go ahead. Yeah, but they, you know, that was such a big news. Oh, they found a way to stop him. You know, this series is going to be over. They're going to shut him down. But that was just one game, and I I feel like when the series plays out, we're still going to see Milwaukee win it. Well, and the biggest thing, too, that I feel feel like with the Celtics, and tell me if you agree, when they are passing and, you know, finding an open man, when they have ball movement, okay, they're as great as we thought they could be. 
But their issue is, is the moment that they start to uh, struggle or start missing shots, they all of a sudden go to ISO mode and it's like, okay, Kyrie's turn next Tatum's turn next Brown. And then it just shuts down their offense and they're of no use. And that's why they end up getting blown out by 20 points in the second game, because they went into that mode and Kyrie went one for 12, I think. Well, see, is that the, is that them doing that? Or is that Kyrie doing that? Is that Kyrie trying so hard to prove that he's a superstar that he tries to take everything on himself? And then the other players have to kind of shoot when they get the ball because that's the only time they're getting the ball. I mean, that's a possibility. I would also say that Jason Tatum, you know, (laughs) I laughingly said at the beginning of this year that he was going to be my pick for the MVP when I was just trying to make uh, some buzz for no reason. Um, Yeah. He seems completely like despondent, like. It, the moment something doesn't go his way, that Duke energy just takes over him and he just shuts down. And it, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, and and I think that is part of Kyrie's fault uh, because yeah. he you know, there was word that Jason went to the front office and was like, look how good I did without Kyrie. I want the ball. And they were like, mm, Kyrie gets the ball. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, and I'm I'm I think there's also a good chance that I have never seen Hayward make a shot. What? <laughs> it seems like every time, like he's hyped up as this great shooter, and then every game I watch him play in, he just is a brick machine. <laughs> you know, it is funny though that you say that because I think he has taken a huge step back because of him not having uh, a secured role. You know? Yeah. I, Imagine how good the Jazz would be if he was still on that team with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Yeah. I mean, that's valid. That would have been an amazing team, and he probably should not have left because I don't think the grass was greener in that Boston green. But so, yeah. Do you have the Bucks taking it? I do have the Bucks taking it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I agree. And uh, the person who calls himself the truth, uh, who is not going to be named anymore, who is the lies. Uh, he, by the way, after Boston won game one in the fashion that they did, came out and said they're going to sweep uh, or win in five guaranteed Boston's going to win. You know, this is their series. They're amazing. Y'all fools were looking down on them. And then the next game, they lost by 20, and he was nowhere to be found on ESPN Airwaves. Just want to just wanna say that. Um, it's because he's he, that, that was when he was injured in the back so he could make his glorious return and, like, have a cured <laughs> leg and lead the team to victory. Oh, my gosh. Way to bring up that <laughs> wonderful <laughs> wheelchair moment. Oh, um, yeah. I mean. I'm pretty sure they amputated his leg and he grew another one and came back out on the court to win the game. That's that's my memory of it. I'll never forget that. The, like, they're carting him out on a wheelchair. Dude couldn't even walk to the locker room. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is done. The, Cel- the Celtics are going to lose. Lakers are going to get this. And all of a sudden, he comes sprinting out like five minutes later. I'm like, what? weren't you just being – dragged out pretty much what just happened? i just figured like that's proof that the celtics kept mr miyagi in their locker room <laughs> he just clapped his hands rubbed the leg and pierce was ready to go <laughs> that i i pay for some great footage as to what actually happened back there and what injection took place yeah uh, that's, and- it's one hell of a shot that's what it was <laughs> 
perfect segue to the Rockets versus Golden State. Uh, they play Saturday. Um, they are t- uh, up 2-0 over the Rockets, which some people are saying that that's a disappointment. It's going to ruin the series, blah, blah, blah. But I still think that this series is wide open with the way that they played against each other. Before we dive into the series itself, this right. it's had a lot of attention with the refs, okay? Um, yeah. Game one, they definitely missed some calls where they jumped into, uh, as they quote-unquote called it, James Harden's landing zone um, and stuff like that. But then you could also have moments where James Harden was obviously fishing for a foul, you know, trying to get something. <laughs> some moments. Yep, <laughs> I was being nice. Um, then, you know, in game two, there were some bad double technicals issues, but thankfully got rescinded the next day. Um, you know, obviously the injury to poor Curry's finger. Uh, James Harden's eyes look like they are completely yeah, obliterated. Um, yeah. So w- what are your thoughts first about the refs in this series? Well, I, I will stick with my normal stance. And even though these are NBA refs and not college refs, refs are always bad. <laughs> I mean, it's just the way it is. All um, right. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think it's so hard for the refs right now in the NBA because I think what the NBA is currently going through is their stars are becoming bigger than the league and they're demanding referees to call things their way. And I and I don't feel like the referees are getting enough backing from the league to not do that. Well, I feel like they're caving to players. Well, kind of what they said was, you know, how can you call this a foul all during the regular season and then not right. call it in the playoffs? That was the biggest kind of Well, it, thing it's like the same Houston. thing in college too, when they're like, the hand check's gonna be really important this year, and they call it all season long. And then in the playoffs, you can basically take a machete to, or in the tournament, <laughs> take a machete to somebody and they say, play on. Um, that's true. That's always going to happen in playoff basketball. They're going to let things go more. Um, first of all, I, I don't want to ever hear Harden complaining about any calls. He <laughs> can start complaining about calls the day he quits walking. Oh, my gosh. So there's that. Um, he's got as much favoritism as any player in the league. So I, I just and man, I don't know that that call, that whole landing space call has bothered me since Reggie Miller. Well, because he perfected kicking his leg out and getting fouled. True, and and that's why the league has combated that some. But the, what really did it in was if you remember a few years ago when the Spurs and Kawhi. Yeah, who Leonard, was that that got hurt? It was Kawhi. Yeah. Um, and it was Zaza on the Golden State Warriors who slid under him and then he busted his ankle. Um, and that, and then that kind of changed the rule to where, yes, it is a foul for the offense if they kick their leg out and create the contact, but now you got to give a landing zone, but with Harden and kind of like you said, you know, and I feel the same way. I don't feel sorry about him when he doesn't get some calls, even though he does deserve some of them. Yeah. It's it's like I'm tired of giving you calls. That game he still shot 14 in the first game where the real big foul issues happened. He had 14 free throws. So you're telling me he needed another 12 
because there was three yeah. there were three times they could have called fouls uh, admittedly it was and most of them were when clay was guarding him he kept coming up under him harden was staying pretty good about jumping straight up and they could have been fouls it could have gone either way but the one at the end where he's trying to you know where he decided i i'm tired of not getting the call yeah and, and literally made his jumping space three feet like that's when I'm sorry, you're not going to get a call because as a defender, you can't tell me I got to stand three feet away from you because you might land there. Yeah. And the, you also run into the issue. Like I know that um, LeBron has this issue as much as he gets a favorable call a lot of times, but he has this issue in the NBA and cousins has it a little bit, but not, he had it more in college than he does in the NBA. Strong players like that, I mean, let's just take LeBron, for example. He gets fouled almost every time he drives to the basket. No yeah. one wants to watch a game where a guy goes to the free throw line 50 times a game. They're no. not going to call it every time. Yeah, so that... there's always going to be missed calls just because no one will want to watch. Which makes sense. Yeah, and I, I feel like we now that we've kind of gone away from the driving and the inside play a little bit to outside shooting, Mm-hmm. It's the same thing, just a different aspect. It it's made for a lot of interesting debate. Um, yeah, but I think that the refs did miss some things. But Harden, and they always do. Yeah, I mean the, the refs are always going to miss things until we have like some kind of computerized <laughs> refereeing system. This is going to happen. Never going to happen. But I mean, even still, watching the NBA playoffs compared to what we had to watch this year in college basketball it's still as good as it can get it's it's going to be a fun rest of the series to see how they officiate it yeah now, what were your thoughts on harden coming out and being actually better than when he had his eyes uh in the second half of the second game with his eyes completely gouged out accidentally by Draymond Green um, I Draymond Green always accidentally gouges people's <laughs> eyes out, but um, <laughs> he uh, I mean, I don't know. It takes me back to my childhood. I remember Jordan hitting free throws with his eyes closed. Maybe Harden is just like, you know, pulling his inner <laughs> Jordan out. <laughs> wow, I cannot believe that's where you took it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. Don't 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 compare that. No, uh, don't compare that. Okay. No, no, no. He does not deserve that. Um, I just Harden's good though. Harden is fun to watch. He is. He's a I lot. Mean, I of give fun. him a hard time a little bit, but he is fun to watch. I really do enjoy watching him play. What were your thoughts? Uh, and did you see the image of Curry's finger? Yes. Yeah. That's. Yeah, that didn't look pleasant. <laughs> Um, <laughs> great take. Like, was that really the angle? Like, I mean, was that really that off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is a you know dislocation, not fun. Yeah, um, and my first thought was like, oh man, he might only shoot like a you know normal NBA NBA All Star now <laughs> instead of the greatest ever. Right. Uh, what a downgrade. Um. Yeah, I mean, and it's funny because he did actually come out and shoot pretty decent after that happened. It just he did turn the ball over a little bit more, which is understandable because he had his hand taped up. Yeah. Um, who do you have ultimately winning the series, even though they're up two 0 Oh, Golden State. 
Oh, oh no, no debate. Like, does no Houston debate at fight all. No. back at all? No, Golden State can win it four, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah. Wow. The disrespect. I just don't. I just. Golden State's not perfect, but they're as close as you can get to it. I don't see anyone that's going to beat them. I really don't. <sighs> I don't know. That. That's a. Uh... That's an interesting take. If it's like as soon as you think you have a chance, Curry gets pissed, and then it's over. True. Uh, that's very true. Uh, but it's still just one of those things that the Chris Paul needs to step up. If Chris Paul doesn't step up, then I'll agree that they're going to get swept because Chris Paul has been very ineffective. Um, the, actually, the it's only funny th- you mentioned that. Like, I, I know I got Chris Paul and Paul Pierce mixed up earlier, but um. <laughs> I have Chris Paul later for our next segment that we're getting into. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, so has any of this changed? This was the last question I had in regard to the NBA. Any changes on who you think's going to win it overall? Still got the Warriors? Yeah, I still got the Warriors. Okay. I I do too, even though I would love, 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 love to see the Bucks take it. Yeah. To be honest, that would be huge for NBA brand. Um. All right, now we're going to end with what I dubbed the fun segments. <laughs> and I came up with just some random question that I I don't know. I just thought it would be something interesting to talk about. So I wanted to talk about what are the top, top five, in your opinion, worst contracts in sports currently. So okay. let's uh, – I know you have four, so I narrowed – uh well no I did not narrow my list I thought I narrowed my list um so I have five so I'll start first okay um, number five is Russell Westbrook um this uh. being uh because he is an amazing um obviously regular season player with three seasons in a row of triple double. But that's also been followed by three first round exits, um, mainly because of his lack of performance. Um, Yeah. And twenty eight point five three million a year. uh, I don't think it's worth it. So that's my number five. Now let's move to number four. What is yours? So I didn't necessarily put mine in order. Okay. So I'll just go through mine. Okay. Um, the first one I have on here is uh, I'll go to baseball and do the uh, contract Pujols got for 10 years, $240 million. I, it's funny you say that. <laughs> is he on your list? He is. Because <laughs> he got that contract. If that contract was like five years earlier, it makes perfect sense. It does. But he got it after his prime. <laughs> it it what when the angels did that i'm like what are you doing like yeah it's like who from new york who from the yankees now works for the angels making decisions <laughs> yeah it was that okay i'm glad we agree on that so i won't worry about announcing that uh what's your next one i'll stay in baseball okay and sorry joey vado whoa 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 Sir, this is a Cincinnati show. It is. It is. How, okay, I really got to hear this. <laughs> I just do not feel that Vado is worth 
MVP caliber paycheck. What, 10 years, $225 million? Yeah. I don't think he's worth that. I don't think he brings enough to a team to be worth that. And I, and I feel like our recent success or lack thereof is proof that he cannot lead a team that you're going to need your player to do to give him that much money. I I would have agreed with you three years ago. Okay. Um, but now I've learned his worth. If you look at advanced analytics and stuff, he's at least the only person going out and doing his job day in and day out while the Reds have been horrid. Um, he He's great leadership. No, he's not Mike Trout. He's not... Um, yeah. you know, uh, Harper, he's not game changing. No, that's not Votto. And I understand he's being paid like he is, but for the Reds organization, for what we as technically a quote unquote small market can do, he, I think he's deserving of that. So, and I think that might be my, I think you might've just explained to me why I feel like it's been a little bit of a disappointment uh-huh. because when he got this contract, I was excited because I was like, we have the potential to have one of the year in year out best players in baseball. And we're going to keep them mm-hmm. like, we're not getting rid of this person, but I, just, he has, it might just be, he hasn't lived up to in my mind what I was hoping he would be. And, and that's what I was having issues with at first. And yeah. it took me some time, but then I finally, uh, finally changed my mind through, uh, several arguments with some uh, f- lovely friends of mine. Uh, <laughs> so, y- the so you named one. So I had since I actually did mine from five to one. I had a uh, pool holes at three. So my number four is football. Okay, and it is Kirk Cousins. <laughs> um, because he signed a three-year, eighty-four million dollar guaranteed contract, which was the most ever uh, for a quarterback before Russell Wilson just signed his. Um, yeah. And oh, now this is subject to change, though. If he finally starts performing well for the Vikings, then it will have been worth it. But that first year, so far, not worth it at all. <laughs> when you got yeah. more production out of Case Keenum. Um, and then out of him, who was touted as the number one free agent that year, uh, the, I'm going to start to question, you know, the money you just gave him. So that's, that's why I got him on there. All right. I want to hear your next, uh, worst contract in sports currently. All right. Let's jump over to basketball. All right. Blake Griffin. His five-year, $173 million contract, uh-huh. he, is, he is not worth that. Even though he's playing the best he ever has? I mean, he's he, – Blake Griffin is good for some highlights. D- yeah. He's good for some highlights. He's not – you're not going to build a team around him. Well, they're trying. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's not working. They, But – Okay, I'm gonna I see I'm gonna disagree with you a little bit. Okay. Because the which is great because I'm glad we're having more content because I wasn't sure if it would just be us agreeing with each other. Um <laughs> if <coughs> excuse me, I'm sorry. Um his stats though just the way they rose this year. I mean, he averaged the most ever in his career. 
He shot the, the, well, if you take away his early part of his career when he was all dunks, of course he shot a better percentage. Right. But, um, you know, he shot almost 50% from the floor, had eight rebounds a game, five assists. Um, he really did good for Detroit. And, I mean, Detroit is Detroit, and they're not going to really be anything. But I think – He's on the way to making his contract worth it for Detroit. Okay. So I'm, I can't believe I'm in a spot where I'm defending Blake Griffin. How could you do this to me? <laughs> yeah, I just feel like he was supposed to be – they set the Clippers up to be awesome. Yes. And they never delivered. Because, they're, because of Chris Paul. <laughs> that's, that's Which, a, yeah. You know, they, they, that's a valid point too. He might be a victim of Chris Paul. And, and he, I think he's also a victim of when he started playing. Um, because the way, like, that was when highlights were really taken off for basketball. You know, yeah. when the dunk was really cool and, you know, he dunked over that Kia, um, and everything like that. Which, by the way, do you know that that was all apparently, um, staged? What do you mean? Like that dunk contest. Okay. He won the dunk contest with that dunk over the Kia. Yeah. That was, uh, a, it's never been officially confirmed, but to a lot of the players in the dunk contest and a lot of people revolved around it. Um, it was like everything was pre-planned that Blake Griffin's going to win that dunk contest because it was in LA at the Clippers. Stadium. Yeah. It was, uh, Kia at the time was the major sponsor for the NBA. And so it was brought to the dunk contest was brought to you by Kia. And then he dunked over a Kia um, and somehow got all fifties just for a simple dunk. And, and he ended up over winning. the front hood of the Kia, right? Yeah. Yeah. He didn't even he didn't go over even the middle part over the main body of the Kia. Exactly. So yeah, it was. And apparently the four hours before, the start of the competition, a press release uh, that went out to reporters for who they can talk to later that night said dunk winner, Blake Griffin in it. So I'm not surprised at all. If you, (laughs) if you give me enough beers and talk to me late enough in the night, you can get me convinced (laughs) that the whole NBA is fixed. That's that, that is something for double technical after dark that we will have to experiment (laughs) with. All right. So let's see. Did you gave me your second or you only have one more, right? I only have one more. Yeah. Okay. So let's go to my number two. Uh, My number two is for Bobby Bonilla or however you say his name. Uh, He played for the Mets his last season. He played in 2000. And they still owe him a paycheck of one point not one nine million every year until twenty thirty five, even though he has not played since two thousand. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> Only the Mets would find a way to do that. I think Notre Dame's still play- paying Charlie Weiss, or are they finally done with that? Uh, I think they're finally done, but they had to pay him for a while. They had to pay him for a long time, and I'm pretty sure the Colts probably still owe the Browns another 12 picks for Trent Richardson worst trade in the history of trades. Yeah. Let's not talk about that. He had a great stint in the AAF though, before they went bankrupt. 
<laughs> All right, what is your last worst contract in sports currently? Chris Paul. Oh, wow, look at that. <laughs> yeah. Let's hear this reasoning, because I might agree. Uh, four years, $160 million. What has he done to deserve that type of money? Some would say last year he was the reason why Houston went seven games. I just, I, I have, he's a good basketball player. He really is a good basketball player. I think his time has passed. And I still, and I don't think, I, I just, I still feel like they're treating him like he's in his prime. They are. And the, he, he's hurt a lot, which also damages yeah. the value of his contract. He's always hurt. Um, and I like his commercials better than I like his gameplay. I mean, I feel like that's an issue when that happens. I love him on the State Farm commercials. Yeah, I'm he's great. Maybe he's going to be like LeBron and he's already getting that second career ready. Uh, he'll, <laughs> he'll, except he's definitely going to be hitching that ride to, you know, good old uh, more ads before LeBron is because he's he definitely does not have much tread left on those tires he can't right no i there's no way he's so carmelo has already sunk off the banana boat my beloved wade has sunk chris paul is definitely the next victim of the banana boat to go one yeah so yeah i i can agree with that in the fact that they paid him that much with how old he was and already having injuries that yeah. really is what made me sh like confused as to why the Rockets committed so much to it. I, I think we this would be completely opposite, though, if the Warriors beat uh, or the Rockets beat the Warriors last year. But because they didn't, yeah. this stays valid. <laughs> yeah. All right. You ready for my number one? I am. This is the one that I said was going to upset um, a particular person, actually. Um, he, he's a, a friend of the show, a co-host of the show. Um, uh, my number one worst contract in sports right now is John Gruden, 10 years, $100 million. <laughs> Reason being is because so far, uh, granted, it's only been one year. He has not done anything really for the Raiders except, uh, you know, call every QB in the draft, you know, amazing and uh, upset his QB to where he started having Twitter fights and, uh, then deciding to pick up Vontez Perfect and Antonio Brown so they could just fight each other right then and there. Um, it's just he, Brian, <laughs> Brian is the reason why I made this number one. And it's not even just Brian. Like if I could get my wife to look at me the way Gruden fans look at him. <laughs> I agree. I agree with that sentiment because they they just love Gruden so much. And I'm like, why? This is the same man that when he worked at ESPN had a, a 30 minute show where he would break down with a quarterback. And every time he'd be like, man, I really love this guy. I think he's going to be something and end up having nothing to do with the NFL at all. Like, yeah. He's just, I just can't take him seriously anymore ever since his stint in the booth. I just, I don't understand it. You want to talk about like, you know, conspiracy theory, like the amount of effort a Gruden fan will go through to convince you 
that he has a master plan <laughs> and that it's all cut co- and he's a genius you just wait i it, it cracks me up like i i actually <laughs> i actually want it to be true i want gruden to all of a sudden like just everything fall into place and them be an undefeated super bowl winner and to be like i told you this is what i was building for the entire time i would love it because that would be the best swerve since Hogan joining the NWO. Oh my gosh. See, <laughs> it's funny though, because that's exactly what Brian said. He's like, wait till year three or four. That's when Gruden will really, you know, have the Raiders turned around. You, you'll see. And I'm like, will I? Because I, <laughs> I really don't know. But then <laughs> Gruden came out and I don't know if you heard him say, cause they were talking about the contract here the past few weeks. And he's like, I'll give back the Raiders organization all my money. If I don't deliver a Super Bowl. I'm thinking in my head, yeah, right, John. You're not going to get back yeah. $100 million. <laughs> no, no one's doing that. Like, yeah. And did you see also that he fired his entire scouting staff a week before the draft? Well, someone needed to. <laughs> <laughs> did the Giants hire him? What do you... <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's a competition right there, too. Every time Groot... Every time Gruden does something crazy, the Giants are like, hold my beer. Dude, well, that's the funny part <laughs> that you say that, though, because the Giants and the Raiders were the only ones when the uh, in the first round on draft day that were looking around speechless as what in the world did their organization just draft? <laughs> yeah. They were the only two. And, the, uh, and I think the defensive tackle that he reached and got, everyone was like, uh, he was projected like second round, but John really likes him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh well. <laughs> that um, the the Giants pick. Like, did their owner actually say? You know, when they asked that they think he's gonna work out and be like, well, I mean, I can't tell the future. I could get hit by a car tomorrow. Yeah. Well, <laughs> did you see how he threw out his resume? No. <laughs> he was like. You know, y'all keep questioning me about taking Daniel Jones instead of uh, Dwayne Haskins. And he's like, talk to me when you've coached Eli Manning, uh, worked with Aaron Rodgers, uh, won a Super Bowl. Uh, he worked with other quarterbacks who were good. Cam Newton to the Super Bowl, all this, that, and the other. He's like, talk to me when you've done that. I'm like, oh, that's not a good look. That That's all you yeah. want to do is just wave your resume around. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I mean, at least he knows where his resume is because he might need that soon. (laughs) (laughs) That is great. And if you need that printed out, sir, stop next. uh, Stop by your nearest (laughs) FedEx office. All right. So now the moment everyone, I'm sure, certainly been waiting for uh, to end the show. We are going to have Michael's Friday fun fact. Yes, my Friday fun fact brought to you by we're still waiting for a sponsor, people. Brought to you. So, you know, whenever a sponsor comes in, they can sponsor the Friday fun fact. My favorite, my new favorite part of the show. I might be biased, though. I, um, I, I think it's my as well. I mean, it's brought it's currently I, we don't have a sponsor, but it is still currently brought to you by Urban Meyer 2021 USC. Um, yes. So just for just for Brian. So what right. is this? So I'm actually going to see how many of these you can get. Okay. There are eight ex-Kentucky Wildcats. 
that have scored over 50 points in a game in the NBA. Can you name the eight players? <sighs> okay. This is wow. Okay. Um, Anthony Davis. Yeah. Um, which has done it three times, by the way. Darn. Um, John Wall. Yes, he's done it once. Um, Jamal Murray. Murray has not done it. Oh, that's right. He scored 48. Mm, he, he almost scored 50. Um, okay, that's only two of eight. There's eight. You've still got, you've still got let's see, one, two. Uh, so, wait. Who, who, okay, so you said Wall, Davis. Yeah, Wall and Davis. Okay, so you still got three more Cal players. Okay. Uh Cat? Yeah. Okay. Um Booker, duh. Yes. He's done it three times. Um and then who would be the Randall? No. Hmm. My all time favorite Kentucky player. Uh that doesn't really help me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I need uh, who actually give me give me that one so I can figure out who your all time favorite Kentucky player is. Cousins. Oh, I'm an idiot. Wow. Okay, <laughs> that was dumb. Okay, so three more. Um, these are not Cal. Um, no, two of them are Patino. Two of them are Patino. That was before my time. Um, let's see, Rondo. No, no, Rondo was buddy. Um, uh, Patino. Who? I I don't know that far back. I wasn't born. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tony Delk. Okay. And Jamal Mashburn. Ooh. Okay. And then the one I didn't know was from way before that. Uh huh. Cliff Cliff Hagen. Why does that name sound familiar? Because he's one of the all-time Kentucky greats. Ah, that's why. I knew his name. I just didn't. I, I mean, I know who he is. I just did not know he scored 50 in the NBA. That was a really interesting. What made you come up with that? I get bored and look up Kentucky stats. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I mean. That... I'm, I'm, I'm slightly obsessed with the University of Kentucky basketball program. And that is why we go to you for everything blue. That You know, I. <laughs> I am really surprised though that uh, I know fifty is a lot. Um, yeah, but I, I'm kind of surprised that not more. Like, I wonder well, how I close think... Joni Meeks ever got because he was pretty hot for a while. Um, yeah, and and I think there would have been a couple more. Um, that but that probably did it in the ABA. Like, I, I would uh, have to guess Dan Issel did. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Like, I don't know that for sure, but that that would be a guess of mine. Well. It, you know, that was your fun fact. Can I give you one fun fact? Even though I think you already know it since you saw it in our chat. But everyone know, do you know who uh, Pistol Pete is? Yes. Uh, great basketball player. Um, uh, one of the all-time greats. Yes. P- he, uh, Peter Maravich. Mer- yeah. Yeah. Um, fun little stat is... This man, okay, if he was in today's NBA, first off, it would be ridiculous. Um, his stats, uh, he scored the most ever in college. Um, I forget exactly what he averaged offhand, um, but they went back 
uh, scholars did, I guess. <laughs> uh, scholars. <laughs> to, to, stu- to study uh, his college stats. And the man hit um, per game 16 shots, okay? And averaged 44.2 points uh, for his career a game. Ridiculous. Yeah. Out of those 16 shots he made a game, 13 of them would have been a three every game. Yeah, that's amazing. Like, holy cow. Could you, yes. could you imagine an NBA player right now who made 13 threes a game? I mean, I mean, Curry's would be the closest. Yeah, but even he, like, that's not night in, night out. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's valid. No, that's valid. I, no, it's unbelievable. And I, I, I feel like there was someone else, too. I cannot remember who it was, though, that there was another player who used to shoot from what is three-point range that is one of the all-time leading scorers, but it was before the three-point shot. There was a lot of players back then that did that, and it it's just crazy. Uh, yeah. I wonder how much they complained about that being a bad shot. Um, because Yeah, right. <laughs> what are you doing shooting 35 feet from the basket? Come on. A little closer. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to add, sir, before we wrap up today's show? No, I don't think so. All right. We Maze- ended up making it about an hour. Yeah, that, which I'm very happy about. And that Friday fun fact was a very good one. I'm I'm proud that I knew some, but I, I ruined it by not knowing Boogie. And I'm still upset about that because <laughs> how did I not think DeMarcus? Like, how many 50-point games did he have? Two. Two. Okay. I'm so sure- Booker and Davis have three. Uh-huh. Cousins and Mashburn have two, and the rest have one. Okay. Dude, Booker, man. Is he the... Yeah, it's ridiculous. I wonder if you looked that up. I bet you he's the only one with a 70-point game. Yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. and I Man, Booker's so awesome. I think that it's possible, too, that Hero will be joining this list. Really? I think he can score like that. Whoa. I think Murray's. Got, I think Murray's got a chance too, but I think Hero can score like that. Murray should have been on the list. Um, don't you remember that? How yeah. that that was the game that Kyrie went off and threw the basketball into the stands because yeah, Curry shot it at the last second. Hey, yeah, the man oh, was yeah. going for fifty. I don't play. Yeah, him. he was trying to make my list. Yeah, he was trying to make the Friday fun fact. Exactly, and now he's going to be disappointed when he does or does not listen to this um because he did not make the fun doesn't hey i will try my best i will spam him with links being like hey watch this before the game tonight it'll give you motivation (laughs) all right so that concludes today's show thank you everyone for listening make sure to like share uh rate review five stars only though please don't uh hurt us um we need five stars it goes a long way um, make sure to go follow Michael McCarty on Twitter at at Mick underscore McCarty for some fantastic uh, posts. <laughs> I, had, I had to think I, I just I went blank. Okay, it's, You're a wordsmith, Lucas. Thank you. <laughs> All right. This is good. Uh, good place to stop. Uh, 
fire John Gruden Raiders. Um, and Brian, I hope you listen to this because you need to come defend yourself against me and Michael. Um, we're going to take you down on John Gruden. All right. Everyone, have a fantastic weekend, and we'll be back to y'all and talk to y'all on hopefully Monday, if not sometime next week. Peace out.